the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In steadfast obedience to God's call upon his life, Pastor Rander continues to challenge us with stimulating questions that we must answer if we are to live a committed, God-filled life. We cannot reach our full potential short of giving God, rather than this world, our very best. The only way we can maximize our God-given capacity is to walk by faith at all times and in all things. God's Word tells us that we must look to the hills for help. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Thank you for joining us today. As you listen in, you'll want to take notes. So keep pen and paper handy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Why don't you say Happy New Year? Happy New Year. That's what I'm talking about. You ought to be happy and thankful that God has crossed you over. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I feel all right this morning. My, 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 my. We're going to continue where I left off last week. It's part three because part one was last Sunday morning and part two was last Sunday night in our communion baptismal service. And actually this is part three uh, in the series, How to Make the Most of Your New Year. How to Make the Most of of your new year. By the grace of God, not only has he uh, blessed us to see to this year, he's also blessed us to enter into a new decade. It is absolutely astounding and incredible that the Lord would privilege us to come into this year and decade in spite of how we treated him last year. Wow, that's just astounding by itself. If the truth be told, all of us have missed the mark All of us last year failed God many times with our words, our deeds, and our attitudes. We should be filled with joy and gratitude for God's undeserved grace. For many, last year was a tumultuous year. Some of you have seen your marriage fall apart. Others have seen children break your heart. Others have lost employment while others of you have gone through financial crises. Some of you have experienced death of loved ones and dear friends, while others have struggled with health, betrayal, abandonment, depression, and a failure to achieve personal goals last year. But nonetheless, God has crossed us over by his goodness, power, love, and grace. And all of us should be praising God that he has given us the clean slate. Say clean slate. Say, I have a clean slate, amen, of a brand new year to make a kingdom impact, not only on ourselves, but make a kingdom impact on our families, on the church, and for those who will cross our paths this year. 
And I'm going to do a slight review, but in the review, I will progressively give new insights for today. One thing I left off saying last Sunday night was this. Number one, if you desire to have the best year ever, you must seriously confront the issue of yourself. Because the fact of the matter is, we are our own worst enemy. Matthew 16, 24 says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. In other words, God wants us to follow him. So if you want to have, make the most of this new year, it is imperative. It is critical that we confront the issue of ourselves. And so I said last time that if we desire victory, if we're going to have a year, good year, as we confront the issue of ourselves, then we, we must deal with our self-hindrances. If we desire victory over our self-hindrances, here's what we must do. We must, A, use the word of God to filter our minds daily of the rubbish and debris that seeks to destroy our minds and our lives. So if we're going to confront the issue of ourselves, we have to deal with the things that hinder us, our own self-hindrances, which means that we must use what? The word of God to what? Filter our minds daily of the rubbish and debris that seeks to destroy our minds and our very lives. Matthew 5, 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Psalms 119, 9 and 11 says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. That's how we get cleansed is through the word of God. Uh, the word, you hide it in your heart. You, you linger on it. You meditate on it that the debris and the rubbish won't stay stuck in the heart. B, you cannot raise the spiritual bar of your life nor rise to your God-given potential if you allow Satan to set up shop in your heart. That's a big one. I reiterate, you cannot raise the what? Spiritual bar of your life. How many want to see God take you to the next level? I want you, how many want to see God raise your standard of living? You cannot raise the spiritual bar of your life nor rise to your God-given potential if you allow Satan to set up shop in your heart. Satan wants your mind, and he wants to wipe your mind out so that you can have the worst year ever. See, when the world, culture, philosophies, ideologies, opinions, shapes your thinking, you will repel the word of God and be unable to digest or grasp it. I'll repeat it. Uh, when the world and the what? Culture, philosophy, worldly philosophies, uh, ideologies, opinions, when you allow the world, the culture, philosophies, ideologies, and opinions to sh actually shape your thinking, you begin to repel the word of God and be able to digest or grasp it. 
You know, there are people who come to church, hear the word of God, cannot, but they cannot internalize it, embrace it, or, uh, uh, or actualize it, simply because their minds are so secularized. It's been so culturized. It's so infiltrated with television and all the, the reality shows and all the talk shows on radio and television and politics and all of that stuff, to when you hear truth, many saints begin to choke on truth because you hear so much stuff in this relativistic society in which we live. You're so saturated with with this stuff of the world system that you cannot eat and digest the truth of the word of God because you've settled for lies and those things that are offered by the enemy. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 Verses 4 and 5. I need everybody with the Bible to turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. It, it says, for the weapons, when you find it, say amen. That's why we're learning the books of the Bible. Amen? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, from the word of God. In other words, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, the believer is to cast down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that comes against the word of God. Every thought that comes into your mind that is not of God, you are by the authority of the word in the name of Jesus, cast it out. You say, what are the uh, arguments and imaginations and all of this? What, what is all that stuff? These are false ideas that Satan puts in your mind. These are false ideas, false doctrines, and false teachings that he puts into your mind over the word of God to get you to live at a substandard level. These are human reasonings of this world system that's antithetical to what the word of God says. These are thoughts and ideas and teachings and doctrine that actually run opposed and contrary to the word of the living God. And if you want to grow, you got to know the word so you can cast out by the word and the name of Jesus, all of the philosophies and opinions and ideologies of this world system that keeps you from raising the spiritual bar of your life. Uh, I was asked the other day, I was down preaching in Victoria, Texas, uh, got there Friday, and I, I preached to about 250, 300 men with uh, some other presenters. Uh, and uh, I was asked by one of the district superintendents in the Methodist church, with a lot of Methodists there that I was preaching to also. He said, what, what's your vision for the church of Maranatha? What do you want to see God do? What, what's, your, what's your vision? And I said, my vision for the church this year is for God to use me as an agent to get the world out of the church. That's my vision. That's my vision. He said, whoo. He just looked at me. He said, say that again. I said, my vision for Maranatha, where I pastor, is to ask God to use me as his servant and agent to get flush out the world out 
of the church. And that's why we can't make a difference in society. We look so much like the world until we have lost our uniqueness. We have lost our identity. We're doing what they do until folk don't see a difference. We look like a bunch of hypocrites. That's, that, that, that is a challenge in today's church. And that's why we don't see miracles, signs, and wonders in many of our churches. That's why churches are fighting among each other, splitting schism, and all this stuff is because they brought all this worldly stuff as a substitute for the divine authority and sufficiency of the word of God. Why don't you say amen? You see, my friends, uh, secret unconfessed sins will cause God not to hear you when you pray and you will not be able to hear him when he speaks. That's why we have to deal with the issue of our sins because secret unconfessed sins will, will cause God not to hear you when you pray and you will not be able to hear God when he speaks. Sin creates a blockage of communication. It keeps you from the illuminating a word of God. The word, you don't get revelation from God because of sin. You can't even hear God speak because of sin. And that's why it is critical. Psalms that, that we apply Psalm 66, 18. Everybody should write that down. Psalm 66, 18. It says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. You hanging with me? I'm just getting started. I'm, I'm hotly through. Number two, if we're going to have the best year ever, listen, learn valuable lessons from our failures and use them to build our character, integrity, and faith in God. We need to learn valuable lessons from our what? Failures. Now, we've all failed. Don't say you haven't failed. You, all of us fail. You fail God in your by commission, omission, things that God told you to do uh, that you didn't do and things that God told you not to do and you went on and did it anyway. You fail God in your thinking and uh, you fail God in uh, your attitudes and your actions and laziness and all of these things. Learn valuable lessons from our failures and use them to build our character, integrity, and faith in God. What, what does that mean? It means we must refuse to allow failure to keep you from God's best for you. All of us have failed. All of us have fallen short. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Not one. So refuse to allow failure to keep you from God's best for you. You may have failed God in your finances. Matter of fact, your finances are worse off uh, this year than than they were, well, last year, than the year before even. You failed God in your budget, a savings plan, a marriage, how you treated your wife or children in your parenting. Uh, you may have failed God in maybe uh, in trying to achieve degrees or certification or, or failed in an exam. Maybe you tried to lose weight last year and you gained weight. Uh, you failed God in your home improvement or purchase of a home fell through in your business that fell through. Even in achieving spiritual goals of last year, we can use our failures as a launching pad for success this year. 
Let me give you um, a man of God who failed, who was in Jesus' inner circle. He was a disciple of Christ, always putting his foot in his mouth, and his name was who? Peter. Peter. I want to show you Peter's affirmation of Christ. He, He failed God terribly. And if he failed God in this way, then we can fail him uh, also and have failed him. L- look at Peter's affirmation of Christ. Look at John, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 36 through 38. We have the affirmation of Christ in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 36 through 38. The affirmation uh, of Christ. It says, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Look how he affirms Christ and loving on Christ. I will lay down my life for your sake. Verse 38, Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake, Peter? Most assuredly, I say to you, The rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Now, look at Peter's confidence and look how he's affirming Lord and how he look look, at his love for God. Uh, Let's look at another. uh, I didn't give this last Sunday night. This is another scripture I want you to put into your message for those who uh, your, your, your notes for those of you who were here last Sunday night. This is a new scripture. It's a parallel scripture, actually, to to the John uh, John's account in in uh, John 13, in Matthew 26, 31 through 35. Matthew 36, 31 through 35. It says, then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. Verse 32. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee But here Peter saying again, this is the parallel passage to John 13. Peter said to him, even though you, though all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Now, let me stop right there. Underline that. I will never fall away. Never say what you won't do. That's the point God's giving me right there. Oh, I I I won't do this. I won't do that. I'll never be. Listen, shut up. Don't say the very thing you say you won't do. You may find yourself doing when it's all said and done. Peter said so emphatic, so boldly, I will never fall away. (laughs) Verse 34, Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you that this very night, Peter, before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if. I have to die with you, Lord. I will not deny you. All the disciples said the same thing too. Wow. Look at the affirmation. Now, now he was talking boldly, talking all that stuff. Huh? Talking in confidence, love. I mean, he was saying the right things. (laughs) And he meant well. I really do. But now let's look at Peter's denial that came so soon. Before the cock crow, John 18, 17, just jot it down for a reference, and verses 25 through 27. That's a reference to Peter's denial, but we're going to read uh, Matthew 26, 
chapter 26, verses 69 through 75 uh, as the denial passage that I choose to read for clarification this time. Let's look at Peter's denial. We saw his affirmation. Now look, let's look at his denial. It says in Matthew 26, 69 through 75, now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him and said, you two were with the Galilean, but he denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you are talking about. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. Now, you know, he, he's lying. Verse 71, and he's lying out of fear. You know, if you get scared enough, you'll lie. Amen? Verse 71, when he had gone out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to those who were there, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he, Peter, denied it with an oath. He took an oath, huh, in his denial this time. I do not know the man. Verse 73, a little later, the bystander came up and said to Peter, surely you two are one of them. And even the way you talk, your your language, your accent, man, give you away. Then he began, he, Peter, began to curse and swear. I do not know the man. This is the same man that said, I will never deny you. I'll die for you. And now when the heat is on, in the crisis, he's lying, he's scared, and he says, I don't know the man cursing and swearing. And immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word which Jesus had said. Before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now, don't get too hard on Peter, because he hasn't, he's not the only one that has denied him. I believe there's some Peters in the house today. I've been a Peter, and so have you. There are times you should have spoken up for Jesus, and you hushed your mouth. God has prompted you to witness, and you you, you missed the opportunity. How many of you miss opportunities because of reservations and because of what folk may think, uh, because you felt like you didn't know enough, uh, and all of these types? All of us have failed God and denied him. So we looked at Peter's affirmation. We looked at Peter's denial. Now let's look at Peter's restoration. I'm so glad that God is in the restoring business. Look at the gospel of John chapter 21 verses 15 through 17. This is just delicious. The gospel of John chapter 21 verses 15 through 17. It says, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to him, said to, to Simon Peter, you know, now Jesus is in his, his glorified body and he's eating. You know, we're going to eat some breakfast over, over there. When we get our glorified body, we'll be able to still eat. Jesus is eating and he's in his heavenly glorified body, chewing and eating. Amen. Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to Jesus, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Then he asked a second time. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. 
verse 17. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. How many times did God ask Peter a question? Three times. How many times did Peter deny it? Three times. God was restoring him here. God was building up his commitment level. He was challenging his commitment level, supreme commitment to him. God knew he was about to go to heaven and he was going to leave Peter and the rest of the disciples apart from Judah. He was going to leave the church and the business of the church in their hands. And God was just strengthening Peter's faith. He was encouraging him. He was restoring him. He was building him up after the failure. He did not throw Peter away. As a matter of fact, he used Peter because Peter in Acts chapter two stood up boldly and owned up to Christ. He preached and over 3000 came to Jesus. Amen. And just because you have failed God doesn't mean that you are unusable. Repent, turn around and ask God to use you like never before. Four things you can do with your failure. Four things you can do with your failure. Number one, surrender your failure to the Lord. That's what you do. Surrender. God, I give you, I have failed you. You know what? Tell him, don't, don't just speak generically, but tell God specifically how you failed him. Just be transparent to God. Listen, if you can't be transparent to God, you're really in bad shape. You can tell God what you can't tell anybody else. So you just tell God exactly if you lied, if you told a half lie, what is a lie? If you failed in your tithing, failed in this, failed in that, whatever you fail, tell him how you have failed him and then surrender the failure to the Lord. Number two, we can learn from our failures instead of blaming others. Learn from them. God wants to teach you something about yourself with your failures. Now, if you don't learn from your failures, you're going to really fail again. Some lessons are hard learned because we don't learn. We, we can learn from our failures instead of blaming others. Scripture tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.